Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. A lot of news has been coming out recently, so we got together for an emergency episode to discuss what's been going on in Walt Disney World, Disneyland, and what you need to know as you're planning your trip to Disney in either 2019 or 2020. Find old episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. We'd really appreciate it if you'd leave us a positive review. Connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As The Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips With Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So we don't generally like to cover the news here, but there's been a lot of news that's been coming out that we think will affect people's vacations, especially if you're planning a vacation to Walt Disney World for fall of 2019 or early 2020. So we thought we'd cover some of those news items here. We're going to talk about them with a focus on those of you who are planning your trips for those times, uh, and hopefully they will help you as you plan your trips and you know decide even whether to go at all. Um, and then for those of you who don't know, we have a Patreon, which is a way to support the podcast. You can find that at patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered. And on that Patreon, if you support us at a level of $5 or more, you get these Disney Deciphered unfiltered episodes. And a lot of this news that has come out has also come out with a lot of rumors, a lot of speculation, and we have a lot of speculation. For example, the Hagrid's coaster at Universal has had crazy lines. And we speculated in the Disney Deciphered Unfiltered episode about whether, you know, that is stressing Disney out or not. However, that's not stuff that will help you to plan your vacation. So we'll leave that there. If you're interested in supporting, you can check us out again on patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered. You can also sign up. And if you cancel by July 31st, uh, you won't get charged anything. So you're welcome to check it out as a free trial if you are interested. And if you don't want to support regularly, but would like to leave a one-time donation because we've helped you plan your trip, there's a link for that too. Anyway, enough about that. Let's get to the news. So, Leslie, what's our first news item that we think might be affecting people's trips coming up? Well, it's Disney. So the first news item, of course, has to be price increases. Disney World released its new annual pass prices, and they're up. They're always up, right, Joe? (laughs) Yep, they're up. And it was the day after they announced that annual pass holders would get a special Star Wars Galaxy's Edge preview days. So that was a little bit shady there. And so they're up quite a bit. So it used to cost uh, roughly $1,000 for a non-resident to get an annual pass. Non-residents are only allowed to get the Platinum Annual Pass, which has no blackout dates. And so that used to cost around $1,000 after tax. Now that costs $1,200. So it's a full 20% increase. And that's kind of out of nowhere. And honestly, Leslie, I was thinking about buying annual pass because we've talked about here before, you know, generally if you take two trips, almost always if you take three trips, an annual pass will pay for itself. But now at $1,200, I think you have to take three kind of significantly long trips, like three trips of four or five days will add up to $1,200. But the math isn't as good. And so I'm I was pretty surprised that they increased the prices by this much. What do you think? Yeah, I guess I'm surprised too, just given that I mean, everybody was predicting craziness when it came to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which hasn't materialized. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I'm surprised that given the data that they've had the last couple of weeks about that, that they're so bullish on the price increases. You know, but again, like Disney's still looking for that pain point. We've talked about it before. They're looking, you know, they they think they can raise a certain amount and they want to keep excessive crowds away because that wrecks the guest experience and they're trying to find that balance. And thus far, they most of the time haven't quite found it yet. Yeah. So I think the bottom line is if you are taking 
two or three trips within the next 12 months or so, do the math on that annual pass, but it just doesn't work out as well as it used to. And I'll have a link to a calculator that you can use if you'd like. I was strongly considering we are tentatively planning to hang out for at least a few hours in October in Walt Disney World. And I was thinking about getting an annual pass then because I'll be there again in January. And then um, you know I can just try to sneak away for one more time. But I think the math isn't working for me now. So do the math and you know make sure that it works for you. But really kind of a bum a bummer of a move by Disney there. And meanwhile, I have done the math, Joe, on the West Coast, and I have just become a Disneyland annual pass holder. So uh, <laughs> what's happening on the on the East Coast is not exactly what's happening on the West Coast. So we'll, we'll, for those of you who, who go to both parks, we'll, we'll work a little bit of, of news in from that perspective, because Disney announced in May a what they call the Flex Passport for Disneyland. It's only $599 and it has this these weird sort of tiers. It's not the traditional annual pass where, you know, you're you're blocked out some days and other days you're good. It has this middle tier of days where they call them their reservation only days. So you have your regular, you know, blockouts um and they're very limited. The blockouts are very limited and then you have your regular, you know, Monday through Thursday in, you know, September when you're totally okay to go. And then the rest of the days are these hybrid days where you can go, but you have to make a reservation and you can only make two reservations every 30 days. And that for me being not exactly a local, but still very close to Disneyland tipped the balance for me because I regularly go for like, you know, a weekend. So making two day reservations made sense for me. But it's interesting. The price is low at Disneyland, but they're trying to control the guest attendance on certain days. They can obviously cap the reservations. And of course, by making a reservation, you're telling Disney, I'm coming that day and Disney can adjust staff accordingly. So this is really interesting. I'm really curious to see how this goes at Disneyland and whether it will bleed over eventually into Disney World. That's just Disney wants to know when people are coming. And uh, this is the the clearest evidence of that that I have seen (laughs) in recent days. Indeed. And uh, let's hope that it does come over to the East Coast as well. All right. So we want to bang through some quick news items that we think may be of interest to people. Uh, The first one is that, you know, rumors came out that Country Bear Jamboree and the Enchanted Tiki Room were either going to close or undergo like major refurbishments. Like there was the rumor that the Enchanted Tiki Room would somehow get Moana in there and Country Bear Jamboree, I think the rumor was that it would become something like Toy Story themed. Anyway, Disney Parks blog wrote two blog posts debunking these rumors, um, which is kind of a bit of an unprecedented move. We'll talk a little bit more about that in Unfiltered, um, since it's not really relevant to people's trips. But we wanted people to know if you were worried about, or if you were thinking that you had to rush to Disney World to check out either of those two attractions before they closed, uh, no news about them closing anytime soon, at least from Disney proper. What else do we got? All right. So the other, another big change that came out uh, for those of you guys who like a little extra souvenirs and merchandise, Disney now lets you not only just select uh, a magic band that's a certain color, but they let you for an upgrade fee now select some of those custom magic bands, like the ones that have characters on them that you can buy in the stores. And this, I think, was a brilliant move because those uh, custom magic bands are often. I think they started at about $15 and and go up from there. And you can select from, I think, 43 different designs, if I'm not mistaken. And it's only a $10 upcharge. So you're getting a little bit of a discount on 
your magic bands. And then you're, of course, if, you know, you, if you're like me and you go regularly, I have a drawer full of like every color of magic band. So having a couple of extra ones that are a little more special, especially if your, your child really loves a certain character, the upgrade fee isn't that much. In fact, this was so popular that a lot of the designs when this first happened sold out pretty quickly and they've, they finally restocked. So this, this has been a hit as far as I can take it. Dear listener, let me tell you that this kind of little by little merchandise creep is something that I'm very susceptible to. Like Leslie, I have a lot of magic bands around and I'm like, oh, maybe I just pay $10 extra for the nicer one. And, you know, my kids, like they notice like some of uh, our magic bands have patterns on them because, you know, I receive them from Disney and media events or whatever like that. Please resist the temptation to give in. If not for yourself, do it for me so that I can resist too in solidarity because I'm not sure I'm going to be able to resist, Leslie. You know, I did very well on my last Disney trip. I was at Disneyland for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and I only brought home uh, an indoor tiki mug. So I, I, I'm winning the battle, Joe. Like, <laughs> But uh, I probably will cave and get a Magic Brand upgrade at some point. You know, let's be honest. Yeah, just a reminder. Always stay cognizant because you can get nickel and dime pretty easily. Make sure you get only that merchandise that really matters to you. But I digress. Next news item, they still have not announced the official opening date of the Skyliners. They keep saying the fall still. I'm actually not sure what the holdup is just because these Skyliners are running. People see them in the sky. People have seen a lot of the different patterns, like there are a lot of cool patterns on the Skyliner. As a reminder, the Skyliner is connecting six different destinations at the Disney World Resort. Uh, You know, you can go from Pop Century to Hollywood Studios and et cetera, et cetera. And so that'll be another way to get from your Disney on-site hotel to the parks, at least uh, Epcot and Hollywood Studios. So keep an eye out for the opening dates for that, but I'm still pretty sure that if you're there, I'm guessing, what's your guess, Leslie? I think it'll be open in time for Galaxy's Edge. I think that's clearly what they're going for, and certainly I think it'll be open in time for the time that we're going to be going at roughly the same time in mid-October. Right, and just a reminder, um, Galaxy's Edge is August 29th. Something that is not going to be opening in the fall, I'm not sure if we covered it or not, but just to let you know, if you were looking forward to Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, like Leslie and I are, they've pushed that back to 2020. So that's a little bit of a bummer. All right, what else we got, Leslie? All right, so uh, Riviera Resort. That I haven't paid as much attention to the news on that. Joe, why don't you fill us in? Yeah, so it's going to open in late December, I think around the holidays. It seems to be on track for opening. Um, people say that it's looking really nice. There's going to be a character dining restaurant in there that I think you can already make reservations for. So people are really excited about that, but we'll wait and see. I'm, I don't get super excited about the hotels. I like to kind of see how things shake out first. So, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. Fair enough. Well, speaking of hotels, um, there's about to be an opening at Coronado Springs. The Grand Destino Tower is about, about done, right? Yeah, I think it's opening in a few days from now. And I think the interesting thing there is I saw an article on the Turing Plans blog that they're going to have some fancy like interactive TVs with seven, Leslie, seven whole Disney movies for you to watch on demand. So um not sure you can turn that down. I never stay in the room enough to watch movies, but I mean, I guess it'll <laughs> be a nice distraction on occasion. I still can't get over the name. Grand Destino. I think Grand Torino. Wasn't that the Clint Eastwood movie? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quite a, quite a few murders in that movie, yeah. I think. So yeah. uh, not, <laughs> not very Disney related. Uh, and so, yeah, that's the, those are the main like kind of quick hit items. The other thing that we wanted to point out is that starting on August 29th and running through November 2nd, uh, August 29th, again, being the opening of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, Disney World will be running what they're calling extra, extra magic hours. And what that means is that they're just extra, extra early. So Hollywood Studios will be opening at 6 a.m. and Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom will be opening at 7 a.m. I think every day during that time period from August 29th to November 2nd, which leads us right into our Star Wars Galaxy's Edge news. The opening at Disneyland Resort has been nothing short of interesting. So Leslie, why don't you fill us in on that and you know talk to us a little bit about what that might mean for crowds coming this fall in Walt Disney World. Sure. I've been living and breathing Galaxy's Edge for a month. I thought I'd be done, but I'm not done yet um, because the crowds have been shocking. I mean, that's I think that's a fair word. I mean, of course, at Disneyland, they implemented, implemented a reservation period. So that control capacity, controlled crowds, everything was very reasonable. You know, there were a couple of things that were that were crazy. The demand for Savvy's workshop and Oga's Cantina, the lightsaber experience, and then the, the cantina, the bar experience were were quite high. So Disney sort of used it as a soft opening, figured it out. There's now a, reser- a same-day reservation system in place. And now the land at Disneyland is open to all. And Disneyland is dead. <laughs> Disney did such a great job of you know, blocking out annual pass holders, blocking out uh, cast members, that the crowds are lower than everyone expected. And this is going to be really interesting for Disney World because of course Disney World is opening August 29th and that's when kids are going back to school and so you aren't going to have the demand that everybody thought there was going to be at a summertime at Disneyland which is always a really high capacity time but nobody really knows what to expect and Disneyland of course also had a virtual queue that they once the reservation period ended on June 23rd. On June 24th, they implemented a virtual queue so people did not have to line up and wait to enter the land the way they did at Toy Story Land last year. And they only needed the virtual queue for the first day. It's been open ever since. So I think we'll see whether Disney thinks a virtual queue is needed for Walt Disney World. And if you want to hear my prediction about that, listen to our unfiltered episode as a Patreon subscriber. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of blowing everybody's mind. And it's really, really hard to do vacation planning for either of these parks when nobody knows what, what crowds are going to be. I, I don't know. It's kind of, Leslie and I have been talking about this for a couple of weeks now, and we are just not sure where things are going to end up. I will give you another data point though, Leslie. Um, I think I've said in the past that I listened to the Diz Unplugged and they are owned by Dreams Unlimited Travel, which is a travel agency. And they are saying that the bookings for this fall are soft and that bookings for 2020 are a lot more active and popular than bookings in the fall. So my guess is um, to speculate a little bit, to get a little unfiltered here. I think that it seems like families are just waiting. They're like, why should we go to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge when there's only one ride? We'll just wait till next year when both rides will be open. Also, you know, in the early fall, like why would we take our kids out of school right when the school year starts? Personally, my suggestion, I think, and this is probably what I'm going to do myself, is, you know, fall 2019 is the time to check out Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Walt Disney World. Uh, At the very least, if you want to have a much less crowded experience, 
be wary of 2020 because I think the crowds will pick up then. That's my guess. But of course, that's pure speculation. What do you think, Leslie? Yeah, I think that's fair. You're on record now, Joe, so we have it, have it. But I think a lot of people are are waiting too about Rise of the Resistance. I mean, there's so many question marks right now. You know, when's the Skylighter going to open? When's Rise of the Resistance going to open? And if there's something that you really care to see or experience, and I, I can understand why people are, are postponing those vacations. And and to be fair, the data that I had out of my travel agency partner for Disneyland was that summer bookings were soft for Disneyland. So that, you know, we know what's materialized now at Disneyland. So if that's what they're saying about Disney World in the fall, then I would expect the same. I mean, the super fans are going to come, but you know, a little bit, I said this initially in our, in our last episode, our last news episode way back in April, the fact that this opened at Disneyland first takes the wind out of the sails at Disney World. I mean, the super fans flew across to California already. And especially with there not being a second ride ready to go at Disney World, I think you're going to see softer demand there. Right. Why well, check it out in Orlando when you've already seen the same thing in California. One more thing to note is that Disneyland's annual pass holders were mostly blocked out from going to the park. And so that keeps the numbers lower. Florida annual pass holders will not be blocked out. So, you know, that might offset a little bit, although I don't think it's going to offset it that much. Yeah, that's right. And there are many, many more annual pass holders at Disneyland sort of as a percentage of the crowds that usually attend compared to Florida. So it's a completely different, you know, numbers game at those two parks. Right. But one last thing to look out for is if the bookings do remain soft in the fall, um, you know, it's just simple economics. Disney is going to have to try to attract people. So who knows? Again, pure speculation, but they could introduce hotel discounts. They could introduce special ticket discounts, or they can do what they did this summer in Disney World and are also doing this summer in Disneyland, which is like saying, hey, if you're an annual pass holder, bring three friends for $99 each, which is that's the price of Disneyland. I'm not sure what it is at Disney World, but they were doing it at Disney World for this summer because they thought this summer would be soft. But if they're, they're going to be worried that the fall will be soft as well, uh, you might see these discounts come out. So you know, keep an eye out for those things. As always, we really recommend if you can book a la carte so that your Disney hotel stay can be canceled within five days. I do not think, although who knows, it's Disney. I do not think ticket prices are going to go up between now and when Galaxy's Edge opens. Uh, Let me take that back. Who knows what they're going to do there. But I do think you can play that little dance and see if you get a discount. Um, Because if the bookings are soft, they're going to need to drop prices and entice people to come. Definitely. Flexibility is going to be rewarded in 2019. And it certainly was at Disneyland for me. I just booked a last minute trip because of that annual pass holder, bring a friend deal. So I'll have more Disneyland news. Uh, Disney drew me in. I said I was Disneyed out for the summer, but you know, no. Yeah. The funny thing is we recorded an episode where we speculated whether Leslie was going to do that. um, But we decided to do this news episode. So this will release first. So uh If you listen to that Disneyland Hotels episode later, you already know the answer to the question that we postulated. The perils of recording out of order. Yes. Spoiler alert. Uh, And who knows? Maybe I'll go to Disneyland as well. We will see. All right. So I think that's the main news. Hopefully we've given you enough actionable intel as you're planning your trips for this fall or this spring. I think the main takeaway is keep your eye out on the news. Keep your eye out on crowds. Uh, Keep it locked here at this podcast. We'll try to update you if information comes out that you need to know. But Again, personally, I mean, I'm going in January because I'm running the half marathon on marathon weekend. But besides that, you know, I think I might take it easy in the winter and spring 
uh, in 2020 and try to check out Galaxy's Edge in fall. Of course, all bets are off when Rise of the Resistance comes out. Who knows what's going to happen then? That's right. All right, so let's uh, end with a Disney do or don't. A quick Disney do. Like I said, you, I personally enjoy playing that little dance, kind of waiting to the last possible minute to buy my tickets. Um, but for people who are not as risk tolerant as me, you know what I'd say is to once you've decided that you want to go to Disney World, I think we've said this before, but you know, don't worry about the news. Just lock in your trip, buy your tickets, lock in your hotel. Remember that you can cancel within five days if prices change. And you know, just go about planning your vacation. Regardless of whether Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is at full capacity or not, you know, there are three other parks and your trip to Walt Disney World should be great. Great tip, Joe. All right. So thanks so much. If you have any news that you think we missed that you think will help people to plan their vacations, feel free to contact us, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, on our Facebook page, DisneyDeciphered. If you're interested in our unfiltered episode, again, you can check us out at patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. Other than that, thanks so much, everyone. We will talk to you next week. And Leslie, I will see you on the Skyliner. Thanks, Jim. 